This is Jason Wygant. You're not listening to Podcast Podcast. This is like at least third or fourth best Moto X Pod Show. What's up, you guys? Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X Pod Show. What's up? Episode 221 tonight. We are back. The Moto X Pod Show. Uh, just me, Darkside, in studio tonight. TJ is still out working. Uh, Phil Gates was supposed to be in and had to end up working late, so he's not here. Uh, it's just going to be me. We've got a couple good guests tonight. Not not a super long show. We've got uh, Rocky Mountain KTM's Benny Bloss, Geico Honda's Jeremy Martin, and privateer Logan Carno. So we're going to talk to those guys, talk a little moto, even though there wasn't a race this weekend. Uh, we took last weekend off after, or last week off after Denver. Lots of good talk about Denver, though. That race was amazing. Um, so yeah, we're back. Just going to be a real quick short, short intro tonight. We'll get to these guys here pretty quick. But I want to, of course, mention all our sponsors. Torque One Racing, the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show. Is providing high quality economical performance parts. Check out torqueoneracing.com for grips, pegs, handlebars, shifters, brake pedals, etc. Johnny Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry, so follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I run their brake pedals or shifters. I've got their Defy lock on grips on my 06. Fantastic products, great prices. Uh, yeah, you guys need to check them out. Support them, they support us. Hit me up if you need contact info. Also, of course, our longtime sponsor, Shock Socks, excuse me, Fork Seal Protectors, MX Girl Designs for your graphics needs. She said she's been getting a lot of you listeners hitting her up for graphics, uh, and I, we appreciate that. It means a lot. It allows us to keep these sponsors going. All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces, Mad Jack Synthetics, which is an independent dealer of Amsoil oil, uh, synthetic oils, obviously. Dane Evans, they're running that show. Fly Racing, the best gear on the planet since 1998. Power Band Racing for all your WP suspension needs. Works wheels and mods for motor work, motor work and uh, you know any other suspension or Cerakoting. Extreme Colors, Kirk Hunter painting the bad, most badass custom painted helmets for $295. And of course, Kyle Tucker with Keller Williams Key Partners. He's a realtor. Um, anywhere in the country, if you're looking to buy or sell a house, Kyle wants to help you out. He's been doing a lot of cool giveaways. Hit him up, Kyle Tucker at KW or K, yeah, Kyle Tucker at KW.com or 913-744-4790. So yeah, we're going to do, I've got a little giveaway to do later in the show. So be listening for that. But um, nobody that I've tried to contact really right now is available to discuss upcoming Vegas. Um, They're all, everybody's working or busy. JT Cooley's down in San Antonio. TJ's working out in the oil field, like I said. But, man, Vegas is coming up. It's going to be exciting. Um, you know, the 250 West is very, very close in points. 
Really feel like AC's probably going to clinch it, but no guarantee. Uh, of course, the East, we had Austin get Austin Fortner get hurt. Um, you know, I'm kind of jumping ahead a week. I know we have New Jersey this week, but for some reason I'm already thinking Vegas, I guess because I'm going that week and I'm not going to New Jersey. But with the East, uh, it's really interesting to see what Austin's going to do. Um, you know, I know he's supposed to show up and at least attempt a ride. I hate it for the guy, man. He, he uh, dominated throughout the season, but you know, those those crashes, they bit him finally. You guys know that. Uh, any, any thoughts on the series? Don't uh, be afraid to hit us up. Go to the MotoXPodShow.com. Hit the contact form. Send us your messages. I'll get back to you guys, respond. And, of course, I appreciate you supporting the Pulpamex wrap-up show that I've been doing. Um, but just continue to support our sponsors. Go to Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Search out the Moto X-Pod show. And if you feel like supporting us a little bit, you know, whether it's five bucks a month or whatever, that money goes a long way to doing the things that we've been doing, going to the races, getting the contact or the the, the, the coverage, the footage, the YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, so we appreciate all the Patreon supporters. We're going to try to do another big thing for our Patreon supporters coming soon. Probably going to have a helmet to give away again, uh, custom painted helmet, but be looking forward to that. Anyway, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back with our first guest here shortly. This is Alex Martin, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Powerband Racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing best service and products. They are committed to developing new products and improve your ride. They want your suspension to be the best it can be. They're based out of Minneapolis, and they're a WP Authorized Service Center and trusted by Ryan Sipes. Many bikes to big bikes. They cover them all. Powerband Racing has your suspension covered. Contact them at 320-983-3400 and follow them on Facebook or Instagram. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven dudes, Trey. I wear fly shoes. Wear fly shoes. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new Women's Light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. Right, we are back with episode 121 of the Moto X-Pod show, and our first guest of the night is brought to you by Allsport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Uh, Allsport Dynamic are the hands down the best wrist braces on the planet, trusted by top riders such as Weston Pike, Joey Savacci, and Adam Cianciarello, as well as NFL, Major League Baseball players, and top professional bull riders. Visit motocrosswristbrace.com or hit me up at darksidemx3 at aol.com. On the phone with me is privateer uh, Logan Carno. I guess you're considered a privateer, even though you still ride for Team PRMX. Yeah, I mean, I would say I'm luckier than most privateers, but yeah, I guess you could still consider me a privateer. Yeah, you're not making like the the big bucks, so I mean, you're, you're still not. <laughs> it's still a struggle, I'm sure, each week, but um, still, at least you have a team that's behind you. It's, I talked to uh, a few of those guys on that team, and it seems like they really support their riders pretty well. Yeah, I, I'm. I feel super lucky. I mean, he gets me bikes, and I mean, pretty much everything I need to go racing, and. Uh, yeah, this year's been awesome with him. Yeah, how do you feel about your season so far? You've run uh, a couple, some of the 450 races, and then you're doing 250 West. You you got to race out in the snow in Denver. Um, oh, what do you think of your season overall? 
Um, I mean, overall, as of right now, if you would have asked me this a month ago, I would have said I wasn't happy, but the past month has been awesome for me. I mean, I made the main event at A1, which was really, really cool for me, but then I started horrible in the main event. And then missed it by one in Phoenix, or two in Phoenix, and then we had the mud race, had bad luck there. And then I made it again at uh, Oakland. I was actually able to win the LCQ there. Rode yep. a little bit better, but still just didn't ride very good in the main. And then, um, I don't know, something clicked with me in Seattle. I just, uh, I rode awesome in my heat. I got seventh, and then I got a good start in the main event and just rode around and got 14th. So... And then the next weekend, I backed it up with the Triple Crown, qualifying right out of practice, and then getting a 15th, I believe, overall. Right. And just ever since then, I've just been kind of like a, I've just been doing really, really well. What do you attribute the 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 struggles at the beginning of the season to? Do you think? I mean, I know last year you weren't super thrilled with what happened. I think you were coming off an injury, um, mm-hmm. you know, and you you've raced some you, like last year you won or you got second at Montreal Supercross on a 250 last year, um, but what have the struggles been at the beginning of this year for you, the first few races? What do you think they were? Honestly, I I don't really know. I I don't know. I had a really, really, really good off season mm-hmm. doing a bunch of the racing up in Canada and then I felt like I was riding good. I just my main my my main or my results in the main event kinda of weren't showing how good I was riding, I feel like. But um I don't know. I really don't know. After like 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 I said, the past couple of months. Honestly, I've kind of been talking to this one girl, and I might <laughs> contribute a little bit of it to that because I've never really talked to a girl in my entire life. And okay, I've kind of been, uh, kind of been being good lately. That uh, that that's Chris Kiefer. Do you know who Chris Kiefer is? Oh yeah, the home life. Home life. Uh, hashtag home life. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. I'm sure. I think it might actually be helping because it's keeping me like not really worried about you know talking to other people and yeah, being a little bit more focused on race day. I, I am as soon as we're done talking, I'm going to cut this clip out and I'm going to send it to Chris so that he has that in his arsenal for Mathis. Um, oh yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah, you know, I read an article. I was doing a little bit of research on you. I read an article that you did with I think it was Racer X, and you talked about having a lack of confidence. Um, and I think that was last year a little bit, but um, because you know, coming off some injuries, how do you build that confidence back up? I mean, that has to be difficult. I mean, look. I, I say this all the time. I'm a slow amateur vet rider, but when I have an injury, it, it's in the back of my mind all the time. You know, like, man, I, I don't want to get hurt again. And that definitely affects your confidence in the way you ride. Is is that true with you also? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it was anything to do with, like, my injuries. I had okay. a couple really bad injuries a couple years ago. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Like, last year, it kind of just didn't really ride, like, I knew how to ride. I don't know. Like I only made one main event and this series was just, I was just kind of just going with it. And I I don't know. It just, it just wasn't good. And then I, as soon as Supercross was over, I went up to Quebec Canada and started doing the series up there, just like small races. But I mean, I went to the first one and I won it. And even that just like boosted my confidence right there. Sure. Cause I mean, at this level, guys at my speed never win. (laughs) So, I mean, racing anything and winning is just, was so good for my confidence and then at the next Quebec race there was probably six, seven guys at the at the Riviere de Loop race that make main events and I actually won that race. So that just boosted my confidence even more. And then doing well at those triple crown races and everything like that, I felt like I just came into the season so confident and feeling I belonged in the main events and like that's what I've been doing. 
That, that's really cool that you say that because a minute ago you said guys at your speed, which I've talked about this numerous times on the show that in in our sport, the top two or three guys, the the Adam Ciancerillos, the Dylan Ferrandeses, or the the Eli Tomax, those guys are great. And after that, the the industry, oh, those guys suck. You know, yep. the guys that are barely making the night show though in truth are still some of the baddest dudes in the country that if you come to our local tracks, you're going to smoke everybody. Um, that's got to be difficult also for your confidence. You know, we hear about these superstar kids coming up in amateurs and they dominate amateurs and then they get in where everybody's this high level and mentally it messes with them. That's got to be really difficult uh, to know that you're one of the, you know, best probably 20 or 30, 250 riders in the country, but you still struggle to, you know, sometimes with Supercross or at that that level because it is so elite. Yeah, it's it's unreal. Like I'll put down a lap in practice, I'll be like, "That was fast." Yeah, <laughs> and then I'll like look at the eight times or the top eight times, and it's like four seconds fast. I'm like, "How the hell is that <laughs> even possible?" Right. Yeah, it's just mind blowing. Like I mean, yeah, like you said, the guys that are just barely making the night shows. If you see those guys will ride at a local track you would think that's the fastest dude in the world if you didn't know anything about racing dirt bikes. Yeah. Yeah, I've got, some, I've got some buddies that are like local pros. Um, Aaron Smith from Texas that we go out to our local tracks, and he's just like, I'm unreal. How, how in the world can he go that fast? And then he doesn't make the night show at the Supercrosses he goes to. And I was like, it just doesn't seem possible to just that that, oh. that level keeps getting elevated. It's so unreal. Yep. But, Crazy. So how do you, you know, let's take you for, you know, as, as an individual, how do you get to that next step, that next plateau? I mean, does it take having that equipment? Does it take having, you know, factory support? Does it take having those level guys of riding with? What do you think, you know, and then some guys just, you, maybe you're just as good as you're ever going to be. I don't know. But what do you think you need to get better? I mean, it's hard to say, but. I mean, it, it, it's it got to be a lot to do with the factory bike. I mean, sure. a couple years ago, was it Gannon Audette who got a fill-in ride for DC? He goes from a 10-11 place guy to a podium the next weekend. Yeah. That is ridiculous. So I think it's a lot to do with that. I don't think you're going to ever see a privateer ever win a Supercross because it's, the factory bikes are so unbelievably good, unbelievably good now. But, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. So talk about the the team PRMX. What what do they offer you? You said they give you bikes. Um, do they have a place that you train regularly? I know. I think you're up in Canada. They're based out of Canada, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, he's out of Montreal. He's just a guy that just just loves Supercross and has actually been supporting me now for three years. And he's got a lot of support from um, a Kawasaki dealership up in Quebec. And we have a lot of support from Strix Gear, uh, Blood Lubricant. Like, we have a lot of great sponsors with the team. And that kind of helps us out to keep racing. And Julian's stuck with this program a lot this year, getting a nice rig and, you know, everything like that. And it's just been getting better and better every year. And my my bike this year is really, really, really good. I'm so happy with it. Well, I think you're sitting 21st in points in the 250 West at the moment, correct? I think so. So, um, you won't race again until Vegas. Um, that's, or, or you right will you race 450s this weekend? Yep. Yep. It's only, uh, it's only like seven hours from my house. I'm going to go race East Rutherford and then fly out to Vegas on Wednesday morning. How has that helped you ride in the 450 class? 
It's helped a lot. Honestly, I feel like the dudes in the TV class are stupid for not doing it. Like, if you can keep <laughs> racing and make money and just keep yourself fresh for West Coast, I don't know why you wouldn't do it. Right. Yeah. Like, it, it, I mean, and I, it seems like it's probably easier on the budget, although you're riding for a team, but it's a little easier on the budget to ride the 450 class also, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, if you ride if you ride a 450, you don't need to do a whole lot of work to do it to be competitive. Like right. 250. You can't go out there on a 550, obviously, and be competitive. But, yeah, I don't know. I think more guys should do it. Is I that... Think, honestly, I mean, I came out swinging in Seattle, and that was the first 250 West back after the long break. Yeah, yeah. Is that transition going from a 450 to a 250 difficult at all for you to readjust, or does it just take a couple rides and you're good? Oh, I've actually been riding a 250 in every single 450 round. Oh, okay, okay. So, all right, that's, yeah. All right, well. Yeah, that's I like look- another reason I did it. So, like, I could just keep getting better on that bike and getting more tuned in with that bike. Yeah. I'm not, I wasn't really super worried about getting on the 450 and killing on the 450. I'm really just worried about 250 West. And if I can do good on my 250 and 450 West, cool. That's cool. I like the I like the I like the the um, old school mentality of the guys that you know they used to be able to ride, race both classes if they wanted to and go back and yeah. forth and I mean that's good man you got to keep racing I think time off the bike is is not good even for the elite guys it's not good but for a privateer type uh, team yeah having every weekend out there you stay at that race pace and that's that's awesome yeah. I mean, and it's shown improvements in your riding. For sure. I mean, Supercross only comes around for, what, five months out of the year. It might right. go as much as you can, right? Yeah. Now, hey, does that, that team is using Hoosier tires, correct? Yep, they're amazing. Yeah, that's what I want to ask you about. Um, I've heard a lot of good things. I know Kiefer tested them. Um, talk about, you know, what they do good. They are, the compound of them is really, really soft. Basically similar to like a Dunlop spec tire mm-hmm. that you can't get unless you're a factory guy, which is BS. <laughs> but, <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, Hoosier offers a, an awesome tire that's competitive, like, to, like, a spec tire, and they treat us so, so, so good. I cannot talk so much, to, I talk so much good about them. Like, they'll come up to me after every practice and make sure, like, my tire is good, and they're like, all right, well, let's try this tire. I mean, in Seattle, or in, uh, in Denver, I went to three rear tires in one day. Really? Like, norm- normally, I'm the guy that's running the same set of tires for three days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they... So, I'm- I feel so good. I actually told one of the main guys at Hoosiers, I was like, man, you guys make me feel factory. I love it. That's awesome, man. Like at Dallas, my buddy was parked right behind your guys' team and uh he got all the pull offs. And yeah, they're they're pretty cool. The uh you know, for guys like us, those tires are still plenty good. And they and yeah. he's he's been running them, my buddy Chad Mayo, and he loves them. So yeah, that's that's yeah. awesome. And then you're yeah, also running so good. Yeah, you're also running X brand goggles, correct? Yep. How long, have you, this how long have you been in those? Just since the beginning of the season. What do you think about them and Rich Taylor? They're good. I've actually never even met Rich Taylor. Really? I would like to meet him. But yeah, I've never actually met him. But I mean, the goggles are great. Well, I, I think he's going to, as far as I know, he's going to be at Vegas. So we can try to make that happen. I'll, uh, I'm a ex-brand rep here in Texas. So I'll, I'll text Rich. Oh, nice. I'll text Rich yeah, when we get done. Happen. Yeah, definitely. He's he's a rad dude, man. He's got so many good stories. Every time I talk to him, <laughs> he just tells me awesome stories about when he was testing for Honda and man, yeah, the, oh, the history awesome. that guy has is unreal. Um, let's talk a little bit about your your you know growing up, getting into the sport. Where where did you get your start, and you know who who got you into it? So 
my mom actually used to ride. Okay. And my dad used to ride. So that's how they met. My mom's side of the family's brother, Ron Dunphy, he went really far and was actually national number 32, I believe, one year. So he was really, really good. Okay. And then my dad's brother, my dad was a local pro, and my dad's brother went pro too. And he, he went pro in Supercross and did pretty well. So it's kind of in my blood. I'm the only one racing that, so I kind of got to keep your tradition going. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, though. That's that's cool that your parents met through riding. That's I like that. That sounds like you know, like Andrew and Jackie Short, you know, who both were pretty dominant riders yeah. in their own aspect, in their own respect. That's awesome. Um, and yeah. at what point in your riding did you just know that this is what I want to do? Like, how far had you gone? What age? Um, I grew up kind of. We kind of doing like the nationals when I was younger and stuff, and. Um, when I was 14, 15, my parents got separated, and it kind of got a little a little bad for a couple of years, and actually at one point I didn't even have a bike, and um, I ended up getting a bike again, Honda, I started riding, I started feeling really good, and I just like told my dad one day, I was like, Dad, I want to race Supercross. He's like, yeah, whatever. Just out of the blue, huh? Yeah, just out of the blue, because I always grew up. I always grew up racing like amateur arena cross and stuff like that. Oh, I always yeah. kind of clicked, clicked better with that. Yeah. And he's like, all right, well, let's go to a pro-am race and just see how you do. I'm like, all right, cool. So we drove out to a uh, pro race in Illinois, a pro-am. And I actually ended up getting the overall, getting 25 points in my first pro-am. And we were like, all right, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That, that shows so a lot of confidence. That, I was like, I think I can do it. Yeah. It was awesome. Awesome. Um, now as far as summertime, you're not doing nationals, I don't think. Nope. I despise nationals. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tell, tell me why. Cause the, the heat or just don't like outdoors. It's, well, for one, it's stupid hard on your bike. Yep. The payout is worse. True. I'm not as good at it. And yeah, I'm just, I've never done one and I really have no want to ever do one. I did a couple Canadian ones and. I wasn't about it. <laughs> okay. So what do you do during the summertime to make money? You just do like local races? Well, I mean, what are you doing? I'll do some fair cross. There's a, there's a few uh, like fair races around here that'll, that'll pay decent if you win. Yeah. And, um, that Quebec arena cross series is happening again. So I'm going to go up there a couple weekends, a couple weeks after Vegas. Okay. Um, and do those. There's five races in that series. So I'll do that. And then I'll do the rockstar triple crown supercross series. So, I mean, I'll, um, and I'll be pretty busy and just sticking kind of with like the indoor style. Sure. Well, that's, Hey man, if you can make a living doing that and living the dream, that's right, dude. I, I applaud you for that. Yeah. It's exactly what I did last year and it, it went really, really good. So awesome. man, I'm going to kind of keep to what I'm doing. Right. All right. So last thing I want to ask you, uh, and I'm sure you get hit up about this kind of stuff a lot. Uh, fantasy. Do you, oh boy. you're, uh, you know, you're, you're one of those guys that I've picked here and there. Um, you, you know, you could be a good pick or a bad pick, but what, as as a, you know, a privateer rider, do you hate when the fans come up and talk to you about it? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty annoying. Sure. Especially if you get a message or something like, dude, you messed me up in fantasy. I'm like, I don't give a <laughs> right. F if I mess you up in fantasy. Right. I didn't make the main event. I'm pissed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the, the thing that us as fans and people that play need to realize, man, you don't contact or tag the riders in your damn messages like i've been mad at riders or whatever but like 
it's not, you know, I'm not dumb enough to tag them and think they really give a shit, but, yeah. um, so you don't even play at all, huh? I don't, but I listen to all of Mathis's, uh, like podcasts yeah. and stuff because I'm interested. Like sometimes they'll bring my name up and it's cool. Like some of my buddies will pick me sometimes and if I get them like good points, it's cool, but right. it's not cool when I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll check with like John Short on a Saturday say, hi, how are you feeling today? <laughs> how, you know, my buddies will be yeah. like, are you are you good? And he'll respond, "Yeah, we're good today." And then I'll okay, I feel confident in picking you. But <laughs> it's getting pretty serious, huh? Oh man, yeah. I I don't care as much. Like I don't do very good at it, so I've just kind of like gotten over it. But I've got some buddies that are, yeah, they live and die by fantasy. Yeah, but it's you know, fun. Like if I wasn't racing, I would definitely play it. Yeah, I'll be honest though. It really has helped me. You know, start paying attention. Before I started doing this podcast, it helped me start paying attention to guys like yourself and and the Entignaps and guys that really didn't get a lot of TV time. Now that I'm like, oh, I, I'm picking these guys. I'm really watching the the ticker at the top, you know, the laps and seeing where you guys are, and you know, you do a little research. So I think it's helped in that way. But I know as a racer on Saturday, you don't want to hear anything about it. It's I, I get it. Yeah, I definitely think it's cool how he did the new uh, fantasy. It's yeah, definitely helped guys like us. I get more recognition for sure. Definitely. Well, Logan, I'm going to let you go, man. I appreciate you coming on. And um, I won't be at the at the New Jersey round, but I will be at Vegas. So I'll definitely come by and say hi to you. And uh, good luck with the next two rounds. Cool. Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. Thanks. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. And we'll talk to you real soon, bud. Yep. Later. All right. See ya. All right. That is Logan Carno with Team PRMX. Yeah. Give him a follow on Instagram. Um, he's, he's a pretty cool kid. I got to meet him at Nashville. He's, uh, he was friends with Elizabeth Hooker. She introduced me. Um, real nice kid, real fast, very talented, and yeah, give him a follow. We'll be back soon. If you're looking for top-quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. Amsoil has been around for 45 years and was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public in 1972. Since then, Amsoil has led the way in application-specific oils and fluids designed solely for your cars, trucks, motorcycles, boats, and more. 
We understand what your needs are when it comes to protecting your investments, whether it be your motorcycles or the vehicle you use to transport your motorcycles. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. By joining the Preferred Customer Program, anybody can buy Anzoil products factory direct at wholesale pricing. Want to stock it at your shop or use it on your fleet of vehicles for your business? Would you like to become an Anzoil dealer and have a tax write-off for your trips to the track or trail and start selling Anzoil to your friends and fellow racers? With Anzoil, you get free shipping on orders over $100, even when you are a wholesale customer. Contact Dane Evans to find out how it all works. We at Mad Jack Synthetics are riders and racers just like the guys at the Moto X Pod Show. We know what you need to keep you in the game week in and week out. Amazon Incorporated is a sponsor of many of your favorite series. Snowcross, ATV MX, Daytona Bike Week, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, GNCC, King of the Hammers, Hot August Nights Car Show, and Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. Contact Dane and tell him the Moto X Pod Show sent you. Let him help you save money on your maintenance using Amsoil. Contact Dane at 805-531-9551 or toll free at 855-623-5225 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Like us and contact us on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy, on Twitter at Dane underscore Evans 393, and on Instagram at Dane underscore Amsoil Guy. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why Allsport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. Allsport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try Allsport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Ciancerello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickleware in their pro careers. Check them out. All sports, dynamic braces. Up next on episode 121 of the Moto X-Pod show, brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. In 2019, Fly Racing will be a title sponsor of Supercross and supporting riders like Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Damon Bradshaw, and the man on the line with us right now, Benny Bloss. What's up, Benny? I'm good. How's it going? It's going good, man. Uh, just uh, kind of suffering through a weekend with no racing. Don't I don't like that as a fan. Uh, I know the riders need the week off, but I don't enjoy it at all. <laughs> it was uh, pretty boring for me as well, honestly. There wasn't much going on other than dirt bikes either. Oh yeah, how's how's the uh, the I know the training going though? You've been cycling a lot, I think I see. Yes, I have been spending a lot of time on a bicycle this weekend. I had to go uh, on Saturday. There's like a Oklahoma style mountain, I guess you could say. Not like I wouldn't consider it a real mountain, but pretty steep. 
and I think the the road that we had to climb was like probably like three miles long at like eight percent grade, I think. But we had to do that three times, which was pretty horrible because I've not <laughs> done so in a long time. Sounds horrible to me. Yeah, I, I don't. No, I've been training hard. So yeah. Well, okay. So you've been off the bike since uh, the I guess the few days before a one, right? That was, that, that was actually the last time we talked on, on air. Yeah. I actually crashed Christmas Eve morning. Okay. So Christmas Eve morning. And I think we talked to you maybe that following Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken, I know you had gone to the, I think you had gone to get an MRI that day, but weren't really talking about it yet. We had to keep it on the DL. Yeah. I think the, I was on my way home uh, from the MRI when I was on the show last. So so somebody like you, what does that do to you to not be on a motorcycle for that long? It is horrible. <laughs> uh, like for, it wasn't that bad for a while. Right. Because um, I wasn't going to the track. Like I had not been to the track for a month and a half, two months. So then I wasn't really like thinking about it as much. Like, it wasn't in my face. And then, I'd say, like, a week or two before Nashville, I went to the track. And since then, it's just been so bad. Like, <laughs> anytime I watch dirt bikes, it's like I go into, like, this just depressing state. It's, it's so, just boring. Yeah. So, you, you, you had been going to the track, but had you been watching the series on TV? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm playing fantasy. Okay, nice. So it's like my Saturdays are locked in. Right. I'm honestly more stressed now on Saturday night watching the races because I got to count on other people. I love it. I just got off the phone with Logan Carnow, and we were talking about fantasy, and he's like, yeah, I got buddies that play it. As a rider at the races, I hate hearing about it. But then, you know, you've got your buddies that are, like, picking you, and you want to do good for them. So, yeah, it's, it's funny that. It's really funny how fantasy is taking such a big step into the the mainstream, where so many people are, including the riders, are into it. Yeah, no, I think it's awesome. Uh, I'm terrible at it. So <laughs> me too. It's not that great for me, but my girlfriend, my fiance, is actually like doing pretty good. Like she was, I think, second in my group. Yeah. On the Rocky Fantasy for like a month, but she finally like gone back down to like 50th so <laughs> but i don't even think i'm in the top 100 so. do you you think it's because she probably doesn't like she doesn't stress about it so much she just picks she stresses about it i think she just gets lucky every week uh, okay <laughs> i don't know the last couple weekends she's only got like 15 points not but she yeah. put so much of a gap on me in the beginning of the season like there's no coming back that's awesome love it <laughs> Yeah, my my chick played last year and she won like one or two rounds and I was pissed. Yeah. yeah. Not it was not cool. Now she's like, "Well, I, you know, I'm sucking." So she's like, "You know, you could let me make your picks for you, but I I'm not having it. I can't do it." All right. Yeah, I do the thing where like I'll do the same picks as her and that's like the weekend she does bad. <laughs> that's about right. That figures. Well, all right, man. So, where are we at with recovery? I know you're um, you're not. I don't think you're back on a bike yet, and you're not going to make nationals for the first few rounds. Where do you think you are percentage wise as far as health? 
uh, I don't really know a, a percentage. Um, I'm going to be getting back on the bike here within the next week or two. Okay. Um, super lightly though, like lap track, very, very light. Yeah. Um, for probably two to three weeks maybe. And then, uh, I actually see my doctor the weekend of Paula. Um, and then last time I saw him, he said that I should be able to go full all out after that weekend. So I'm going to miss the first three, unfortunately. Um, and then come back for a high point. Man, that's got to be, I just can't even imagine, like, what it does to you to be out that long. You know, not only miss Supercross, but the beginning of outdoors, which, you know, immediately you're basically out of contention. That just, that sucks. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, I'm, I'm not, like, super bummed about not having to race the actual track at Hangtown. <laughs> okay. But... I'm I'm super bummed because it's like when you miss three races, like you can miss one, but then you miss two, three. It's like the points are you're so far behind. Yeah. It's hard to come back from that. But and then also my number, like I don't want to be number sixty again, so I'm gonna have to really kill it. Those last few. Hopefully, be able to get like into the forties. Yeah. Um. So knowing that you're gonna miss at least the first three, hopefully only the first three. How do you set goals then? I mean, you got to have goals, you know, um, obviously a championship probably is pretty much out of the picture, but do you set goals? Okay. I want to go, I want to get podiums by the end, or I want to get, you know, or what, what do you think? What do you, th- I know we're still a little ways out from that, but where are you at right now? Um, I actually got asked this last week and I was, I honestly haven't really thought too much about goals before that. Um, since then I've been kind of, trying to figure it out and like for the first couple i just want to get through them smooth and have everything go well um but when i start be racing the fourth round i by like halfway through for me i definitely want to be going for podiums um i really like the tracks like round six and on Mm -hmm. i don't really dislike any of them um but yeah, just kind kind of going for podiums. Um, just get through those first couple races smooth and and strong. Those the the main thing right now because got to be able to make it to those other races to be able to get on the podium. So yeah. So and when we talked last in January, you had been really focusing on your diet. Um, I think you had changed a lot on your diet. Have you been able to maintain that while you've been off the bike? I actually have. Um, I am lighter today than I was when I road 250s um, really like three years ago so yeah i'm actually lighter than i've ever been in my professional career so i feel really really good off the bike um my knee feels strong yeah everything's really good with therapy my cardio is i feel like just as good obviously it's not going to be you know bike cardio is a little different yeah. um but the diet has been on point better than I probably ever have in my entire life. So well, good for you. I think the last when we talked last in January, I told you that would never work for me because I, I like my snacks and all that stuff. And um, I'm actually sitting here right now thinking about I want a steak and then I want some ice cream. So um, very impressive. There's no way I could do that 
Uh, I, I mean, I hope to see you guys, you come back and be, you know, by the end of the season, be right there, like say, battling with those guys. And that's going to be awesome to see you back on the bike. What do you think about um, what your teammates have done this year? Blake's come on really strong towards the end. Bogle on your bike's been improving every week. Um, what do you think about that team and how they, they've come along throughout the season so far? Yeah, no, it's been a really great year, especially for Blake, you know, getting a win at yeah. uh, Phoenix. Glendale, yeah. He wasn't even, uh, like, 100% at that race. I think he was kind of dealing with some stuff. But, uh, no, Bogle's been killing it lately, too. Um, the bike is just so good. Like, it is so good in it. It's really hard to get a bike that's good like that in every like in every single way. Right. Like just sharing the motor, everything. Like they always start up front, and that's half the battle. Especially the tracks this year seems like they're super hard to pass on. So when you start up front, you know it's you're probably going to finish up front. So those guys have been killing it. Um, definitely want to be the one to come back, but yeah, you the, know the KTM. they're doing good. The KTM platform definitely seems to have something. I mean, I'm I ride Hondas and you know I bust balls with my buddies who are KTM guys, but the proof the proof's there. I mean, all the all the riders that are on KTM's have been doing really well. You've got Cooper and um, Marvin in the top two. You know, a lot of the podiums have been all KTM. Uh, you, you just can't really argue with the results. You just see what what Cooper Webb has done from last year on a Yamaha to this year. Uh, you know, whether it be the Alden program or the bike, it's probably a lot of both of those things, but that bike has something, there's no doubt. KTM's got it figured out. Yeah, no, that bike, like starting, like what they start out with from stock, I feel like is so far ahead of any of the other companies. And it's crazy because I remember it like doesn't even seem like that long ago when it was like, oh, you ride KTM? Wow. <laughs> yeah, linkless. But... Yeah, but now it's they're dominating here and over in Europe as well. Right. Yeah, no doubt. Caroli, yeah, he's been killing it. Hurlings, for sure. When he comes back, I'm sure he'll be right back there. Um, how much credit would you give, give Derrico for uh, Bogle's improvements? <laughs> uh, ooh, I don't know. I haven't been around them much, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how well they've, they've been going. Um <laughs> He's obviously a really good mechanic, but yeah. uh Well, I don't I don't think I'm they've I don't think they've been to a wrestling match or a metal concert yet. You know, they Derek's going to a metal metal concert tomorrow and I actually there's I think SmackDown is coming to Tulsa, which yep. is only like an hour and a half from here. Yep. Um, and I think Vogel was talking about going with Derek. He did. So. T- he did say that on on Mathis's show that he was probably going to go. So that'd be. I really would love to hear Bogle's thoughts afterwards. Yeah, that's that's a step ahead of me. I've I've had Derek in my mechanic for three three years now, and I he's not got to go to one of those. Well, what's wrong with you, man? You got to go have some fun. I, th- <laughs> I was I was telling the people in the physical therapy place uh, like about his obsession with wwe and like his tattoo of jericho <laughs> yeah there was another patient there he was just like like he's like this that's a grown man you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so i told jericho and he was pissed like he was not he was not happy but that's funny though hey benny you're going in and out your volume are you in a bad spot 
I shouldn't be. Okay, there you go. I got you back. Yeah, I, I think uh, J- Derrico and I in Austin, um, we may go. They're talking about going to see Slayer in Dallas, which isn't very far from me. So I may meet those guys in June. So in between, a ra- I think it's like on a Wednesday, in between a, one of the nationals. Um, so yeah, I may may hit, meet those guys and go to you know do some headbanging. Oh yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. Derek, like he goes to. It seems like he's going to concerts every week. He's he already booked a a flight to go see Metallica in uh, Australia. Wow, that's a big one. Flying to Australia by himself. And uh, gonna see Metallica. I think they're playing with somebody else, though. So. Oh, I'm sure that'd be awesome, though. Good for him. All right, let's let's get back into Moto a little bit. Um, so you've been watching this, watching Supercross from the couch a little bit. You've gone to a couple of the races, I think. I know I saw you at. I don't remember which round it was. I saw you at least one. Um, what do you think overall, just for this season in Supercross? I think it's been one of the best years I've ever. I can remember. What do you think? It's just a fan being able to watch. As a fan, it's been awesome. Like, the tracks have been so... I feel like not as much separation this year as right. normal, um, which as a fan is great. As a racer, that's not really <laughs> what you want to see. Sure. But, and it seems like there's been more, like, crazy races than ever. Like, so much stuff goes on. Um, and it's nice to finally have, like, a points lead that's not... Oh yeah, here he's one in again, or you know, um, really, it could anybody could win still between the the top three. Marvin's probably out of it now, I guess, but no, it's been really, really awesome. It's nice to have different people winning. I totally agree. Uh, you know, like you said, up until really last week, there was, and it, I guess there's still a possibility that Cooper could lose the title, but it's very unlikely. But up until recently, it's been you know so close and then all the 250 classes the 250 um coasts are very very close a uh, guy that you have trained with austin fortner i mean man what a heartbreak it it doesn't look good for his chances at this point um have you talked to him any since then yeah i actually have um i think he's actually doing really good and i think people think his chances are a little less likely than than what they are i I think he can still do it. Um, That's good to hear. The level that he was before the crash above everybody else was yeah. pretty insane. Um, you know, and he's had like three full weeks now. Um, obviously, that's not ideal, but, you know, I think I think he can still get it done, but we'll see. And then the other coast with Ferrandis and Cincerello is super close, too. It's really, really exciting. Yeah, I think it's uh... – three points if i'm not mistaken it may be more than that i'd have to look but pretty crazy um it's going to be an exciting vegas round and um you know i'm friends with austin's family his mom julie uh just wonderful people and i i i like everybody in that class but i i really hate to see austin i I hope he is better than i'm thinking he's going to be i really hope he does well and i'd love to see this thing come down to the end um all right, so the last thing I want to ask you is uh, Derrico texted me earlier, and you and I, you know, we're, we're acquaintances. I, I'd consider you a buddy a little bit, but we this may end with this question because he told me to ask you what you think about Star Wars. <laughs> so, I take it you're a big Star Wars fan, maybe? Yeah, that's why I'm called, that's why people call me Dark Side. 
Okay, well, I've been to some Star Wars movies with Derek. Okay. But, like, if it was me by myself, there's a couple movies out. Star Wars is not going to be the one I'm going to see. Okay. So you're not you're not really I like, a fan. I'm not really a fan, but I don't <laughs> hate it. Like, I like the Han Solo movie. Yeah. Um, But not, like, I mean, I bought it, so... Have like you seen the originals, it. the first three from the you know late seventies, early eighties? Like a long time ago, when okay. I was super young. My brother's really big into Star Wars, yeah. so I used to have to watch them like all the time. Like I can kind of understand if you haven't liked the last couple, because like the last one I thought was god awful. I hated it, but <laughs> the originals are like life to me. Yeah, they're they're my that's my WWE. Oh gosh. So, okay, well, this will this will probably hurt you things. I like Star Trek a lot better. That's uh, okay. It's fair enough. I mean, uh, if you like some sci-fi, you're you're at least okay. Okay, because Derek Derek like hates me for that. Really? Yeah, I, I'm okay yeah, with it. I mean, I don't. Unacceptable. Yeah, I don't understand not liking Star Wars because I think Star Wars is the greatest movies ever made. But <laughs> you know, you're you're close with Star Trek, I guess. Yeah, I'm more into, like, the newer, like, I like, like, this weekend they got the Avengers movie coming out. I don't know if you like those movies. They're okay. My stepdaughter okay. loves them. Okay. See, I've, I don't think I've ever been more excited for a movie to come out. Like, I bought my tickets the day they came out, like, a month ago. Like, I'm in it. That's what I do for Star Wars. Yeah, I get mine. Like, last for the last Star Wars movie that came out, like, two years ago, whatever it was, I, I always get there, like, I take my fiance. we got to get there, like, an hour early because there's always a line, even though we have our seats or, you know, we have assigned seats, whatever. i got to get there early. And, like, this last time, there was literally nobody in line. We stood outside the doors for an hour for no reason whatsoever, and then we got into the theater, and there was about 15 people there on opening night. That was it. No way. Oh, it was crazy, which it's always bad here where I live anyway, but not that bad. And she just like made fun of me the whole night. Yeah, we had to get here early just for this. Yeah, I, I actually went to that movie um, and we stood in line in, I think we were in California mm-hmm. with Derek. And it was like the movie was packed. And we went like hour and a half early and stood in line the whole time. Yep. It was yep. Great. That's what I did, but it wasn't packed at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, and my only issue with the the like Marvel movies is like I would like them if the, the way they film the action scenes now where everything's moving so fast and the, like the camera's moving and you can't yeah. ever focus on anything that dry, like it just messes with my ADD, I guess. I can't I can't focus and I've just I kind of lost interest. I probably haven't seen the last two or three Avenger movies, honestly. Oh my gosh! Uh, that's what my, that's what my stepdaughter's telling me. It's like I've got to get caught up. Maybe I just need to. I don't know if they're all on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. I need to see them and kind of watch them and get caught up. But so that was it, man. Yeah, Derek told me I had to ask you about Star Wars. I am a big Star Wars dude. My, you got. I'll send you a picture of my helmet, man. I've got a custom painted Darth Vader helmet, and then I, my other helmet is like Luke Skywalker's X-wing helmet. So yeah. I'll send you pictures. I'm a nerd, man. <laughs> that's good, though. That's, that's nothing to be ashamed of. No, I'm not ashamed at all. I mean, you know, I'm a nerd with that, but then the motocross is cool, so I kind of balance out. Okay, okay, I got you. <laughs> I got you. 
All right, Benny, I'm going to let you go. Um, hey, will I see you at Vegas? Uh, you will not. Okay. Well, I hope you heal up, man. I hope that when you go back to see your doctor before or right around Paula, you said, I hope everything is good to go and you can get back on a bike and go out and kick some ass this summer. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Of course, man, and I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Sounds good. See ya. All right, see you, Benny. All right, that's Benny Bloss. We'll uh, we'll follow him throughout the outdoors, and hopefully he'll be back to 100% very quickly. Man, I hate when these guys get hurt. Um, but he did get me excited about you know Austin Forkner's potential for these next couple rounds. I hope he's right. I hope we have a battle on our hands to finish out the 250 uh, East program. Okay, take one more break. We'll be back with Jeremy Martin. Right, our next guest of the night is brought to you by Kyle Tucker with Keller Williams Key Partners Real Estate. Uh, Kyle Tucker is a realtor with Keller Williams Key Partners, and whether you're looking to buy or sell your home, Kyle and his team will guide you through the process from start to finish. No matter where you are, Kyle is a moto guy and a listener of the Moto X Pod show, and we encourage you to support those that support us. Give him a call at 913-744-4790 or email him at kyletucker at kw. Dot com and he brings us Jeremy Martin. What's up, Jay Mart? Not too much. Just uh, enjoying a nice evening here in Minnesota. Yeah, what's the weather like tonight? Uh, it's finally starting to warm up. I, I got here um, been here for about a little month and a half, and it was a lot of snow. We had a lot of snow this year, so um, finally warming up, and it was in the 60s this tonight so it was nice weather nice nice yeah it's been kind of warm down here in texas off and on but the weather's always up and down hell we were in denver at supercross you know what last weekend with the snow that's just crazy yeah yeah it's uh i've definitely rode in the snow before but uh it's <laughs> probably a first for a lot of a lot of top racers yeah it was it was pretty exciting as just somebody getting to watch it but uh yeah i felt for the guys out there especially during practice but Jeremy, let's talk about you, man. Um, you know, you're still recovering from your very serious back injury at Muddy Creek last year. You've had a couple of surgeries. How are you feeling today? Yeah, uh, feeling good. Honestly, probably the best I've I felt yet. Um, you know, it's healing right this time, and it's uh, it's actually healing. So um, it was a big bummer last time how things went. Um, basically the way the emergency surgery was done in Tennessee, I was, I was, it was just set up to fail, unfortunately. Um, you know, I know you usually think that it's pretty black and white when it comes to getting surgery or whatever, but unfortunately I don't think it's not always the case these days. No, there's a lot of horror stories out there, man. And it, you know, you, you don't think a lot about it really. You go into the emergency room, you're hurt and you're thinking, oh man, these guys know what they're doing, but. First of all, anybody could have a bad day, and then you just don't always have the top quality um, people at certain areas, I guess. And unfortunately, you got the raw end of the deal there. Have Have you uh, followed up with that hospital any? Have they reached out to you, or is it just something you had to let go and move on? No, it was definitely something I had to let go and move on because I, I ended up getting um, – a medical jet like 10 days later I was in there for about 10 11 days in Tennessee after the race and then I took a medical jet up here to the 
Mayo Clinic um, here in Rochester. You know, I live I live right there. So. Yeah. And they're supposedly like the number one hospital in the nation, and they they didn't do anything to fix it or anything like that. So I was pretty disappointed with them as well. And then I, that's when I finally went out to the Stedman Clinic in Colorado. And, and what did they tell you differently than that? What the other doctors could tell you? What did they see, or what did they feel they could do differently? Yeah, I guess it was just he just you know. He did the x-rays and the and all that stuff and the CT scans and was just came in and he had that look on his face. And if anyone's, you know, if anyone's rode a dirt bike, I'm sure they've been hurt or something's happened, unfortunately. And the doctor has that look on his face. So I think everyone can kind of imagine what that's like. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just said, just said, hey, the, the surgery wasn't done right. And um, we need to, we need to fix it so it can be. So you can get back to racing sooner. Well, I mean, I guess that's a good thing. Now you're on the positive, you're on the uphill climb, um, or you, not so much on the uphill climb. I guess. Do you feel like you've leveled off any? Are you able to start kind of doing a little bit of working out, training of any kind? Yeah. So I just started basically, basically this week. I mean, I I just got out of my. The, I was basically in like a shell. Yeah. I called it the, the turtle shell and. Um, just being out of it, I had to work my way out of it. So I'm finally now going, waking up and I don't even put it on anymore, but I had to work my way out of that. So I do an hour more every day in the morning and then in the evening. Um, and just all, I've lost everything completely. I mean, all my core muscles, everything's gone, you know, so I have to kind of, I'm starting from ground zero basically. Uh, that just sounds like, I mean, there's no words really to describe how gut-wrenching that must be for you because just as a fan and, uh, you know, somebody that's watched you, it, it tears me up. I, I know what how prideful you were of your how good of shape you and your brother were in and the training you guys have done and, like, starting over. I can't even imagine to, and to get back to that elite level that you want to do. Um, how about, like, mentally – throughout the last year how have you dealt with that if you i'm sure you have tons of positive reinforcement but that isn't always enough it's got to come from within sometimes yeah for sure i mean you definitely i mean everyone reached out to me i mean everyone was really um really supportive and everything like that and and that definitely helps and it, it goes a long ways but when you're um you know obviously i was you know you're in a lot of pain you know i mean it's, not like it's a broken arm or something it's a yeah. broken back and you're really restricted so i mean i was definitely um i definitely had my days where i struggled for sure but unfortunately it's you know life life isn't always fair you know so you just uh it's that's the beauty of life is is um you just you just keep moving forward i guess you know and it sucks what happened but you know every every setback uh, makes for a good comeback you know yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, I mean, once you come back and you're out there, and I fully believe you'll be back out there and winning races again, uh, you know, it it's just another challenge in your life. You know, five years from now, I'd be like, well, that was just another bump in the road, uh, you know. And it, it shows, like, you don't, don't ever give up. Some people might take that as, like, I just give up. It's not worth it. But you're a fighter, and you're, um, your attitude, your positivity – I, I hope other people see that and can learn from that also. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for sure. I think that's, that's the cool thing is like, I mean, I never would have thought I would have 
honestly broke my back. You know, I've been pretty fortunate, and it's not like I, you know, I definitely know what I'm doing when I'm on the dirt bike. Mm-hmm. So um, even how it happened was a pretty well, like, you know, I have my thoughts on it. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I like I, I've said before, I'll keep them private. Sure. But, um, you know, um, that's, you know, the cool thing is through sport or whatever, you know, you have your ups and you have your downs. And, you know, I think people have that in normal life too. Um, you know, away from sports, but, uh, it's a good way to, to, if you can, if you can embrace the struggle and realize that everyone struggles with something in life, you know, and, and then you just, you just, you just keep working because yeah. it just doesn't happen overnight. You know, you just keep day by day. Definitely. Uh, and I read an article earlier today where you, uh, you've been working a regular job kind of clocking in at one of your buddy shops. Um, How's that been for you? I'm sure partly it's a positive because it gets you gives you something to do and you're staying active, but then at the same time you're like, okay, I really want to get back to racing motorcycles. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's um it just gets me out of the house. It, you know, I've been working part time for him, and he was super nice enough to let me come down there. You know, and he's got enough people there to help help him do everything, but. You know, he he's just like, hey, come on down. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And it's it's definitely kind of opened up my eyes quite a bit because I've just raced a dirt bike my whole life, yeah. you know. And I, um, I've never really clocked clocked in and clocked out and kind of done the the normal thing. So it's it's been an eye opener and it's it's been fun. But uh, yeah, I I miss um, you know. I miss riding my dirt bike. It's a lot more fun than open up boxes. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can understand. <laughs> I totally understand. I, I'm one of those guys that has to work a regular job. I, uh, I work for the public works department, so I'm digging ditches and fixing water lines. And this is just a hobby for me. And um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of cool that you've experienced that a little bit. I would think, and I don't know if this is something you'd have any interest in, but you, you probably could write a book at some point or, you know, have somebody help you write a book about, Look, you grew up at one of the most beautiful, amazing tracks on the planet. Um, you know, you've got a brother that races. That's two two brothers make it to the elite level. The injuries, the ups and downs. Like, you've got a lot of stories in you. I think that'd be a really interesting story to tell one day once you once you're ready to put it put your racing career to rest. I think that's something you ought to think about. Yeah, I've actually actually with this whole injury and whatnot, I've um, a couple of people texted me and said hey what do you think about like a comeback video or you know like kind of document your whole deal or um your injury and stuff and i was like yeah you know it sounds good but honestly i'd really like to do a documentary on myself towards the end of my career or something like that and just go from start from the beginning and and tell my story you know i i mean nowadays it's such a I mean, there's social media and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. um, it's always it's always really interesting to hear it specifically from the person or from the athlete. Absolutely, um, to hear their story and and their thoughts on it. Yeah, that I think that that'd be an amazing thing to do. So definitely keep that in your, the back of your mind. But right now, let's get you back to racing. Um, any um, any time frame whatsoever? Like, are you shooting for next year, or is that not even? You don't even want to like, think that serious yet. Yeah, for sure. We'll be racing the Supercross next year. I mean, Love the it. plan is to, to get, um, I see the doctors here at the end of May. Um, and if everything's good, then I can start, um, bending and twisting and, and getting in the gym and, 
getting strong enough to where I can ride a dirt bike. Um, and yeah, start riding here in the fall and get back on the horse. That's awesome. So I want to ask you a little bit about this season so far. A couple guys in particular. Um, we've got your brother, Alex, who has been up and down. Um, and I'm sure you're aware of the bet that Steve and uh, Mitch Payton have between your brother and Martine. Um, what do you think about your brother's performance this year so far? You know, he's he's never been one of the guys that's con- considered, quote-unquote, the Supercross guy. You know, he's an outdoor guy, but he's had some really good rides. Um, what do you think about his season so far? Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely done better. I mean, he's qualifying better. For, mm-hmm. um, he's qualified the best he's qualified, I think, ever in Supercross. And, you know, he, he definitely has some pretty decent heat races, and then he's had a couple solid main events. But, I mean, he should he should definitely – I know he wants to do better, and, you know, he doesn't um, – you know, it's he's learning the bike and he's learning the team and all that stuff. And a lot of people think that, you know – you should just be able to hop on the bike and get a dial, but it, it takes time to, to learn the team and, and for the team to learn him in return and, and whatnot. And, and they're working well together and hopefully he can cap off these last two supercross rounds with, with some good results and really good results and, yeah. and then go into outdoors and carry that momentum. Yeah, I hope so. I really like your brother and he's always one of the, the highlights of people that get to talk to at the track and, uh, you know, I, I hate seeing him when he's kind of disappointed in a performance. Um, all right. So the other guy you, you train with Eli, um, you know, Eli's always been the guy that trains alone. You know, that's talked about all the time. Um, last year you, you went out and trained with him some, and I talked to him, I believe it was in Dallas about that, you know, cause there's questions within the media, you know, we have to have things to talk about of what's wrong with Eli. Why is he having these bad races? And some of the, the theories are, well, his program isn't what, Marvin and Cooper's are where they train together with the elite guys and they can learn off each other. He rides by himself a lot. So I asked him about that in Dallas. He goes, man, I, I had Jeremy training with me and I really grew to like that. So I know he'd like to have you back. You know, Eli pretty well. You've trained with him. What do you think about his training program and his ups and downs? I mean, I I think Eli's really, he's really, really, fast you know and and the training program is good and it's it's smart and um you know shoot i had probably one of my best supercross seasons last year once i got the bike kind of figured out and Mm -hmm. comfortable for me and um you know i mean you got to think eli had a completely whole new chassis and bike this year to to figure out and and eli got hurt in the um before the season started yeah his back um, so he didn't ride for that whole month leading up or whatever, leading up to the event. And, um, you know, those guys were riding and training together, but I mean, he missed, he missed a crucial, I'd say part and in, in getting the bike, um, tuned in for him. And, and you just got to go racing with the bike because the practice tracks and everything are completely different from, from when you, when you line up, I mean, the way that dirt works builds it and in the stadium and stuff, it's just, they're, they're pretty hard to replicate that for yeah. during the week. I can see that. Um, you know, it really seems like the last couple of rounds, he's he's totally different person as far as his mentality and his personality at the track. Like at Denver, that's the happiest I've ever seen him. And we joked about that. And Weege actually made a comment about it. It's like, I've never seen Eli talk this much and be this happy. And I think it's coming around and hopefully he's got it figured out. And for the outdoors, man, I, I really expect big things out of him. Um 
Anything else that stood out this year to you for for the Supercross as a whole? Um, I was just talking to Benny Bloss, and I said that to me this is one of the most exciting seasons I've ever seen. Things are close. Bat, points battles are all over the place. Unexpected winners. Um, what are your thoughts on it overall? Yeah, I mean, it's been a really exciting season. I'd have to agree with the both of you guys. I mean, it's really just – I mean, the 450 class, you're swapping different points leaders, and then in the 250 class, I mean, when – I mean, Forkner was having a killer season going, and, and then he had that massive get-off there in Nashville, and then mm-hmm. that just completely opened it up, and it's like, boom. So you got entertainment on the East Coast now um, going into this weekend. Um, so I think everyone's really looking forward to seeing that. And then the West Coast has been a, a barn burner as well. <laughs> yeah, sure has. Yeah, um, everything's really close in those classes. And uh, Benny was just saying that he really thinks that a lot of us are – are going to be surprised at how good Austin still is. Um, he's been riding, you know, he, he says he's in pretty good shape considering the crash. So we're going to, we're going to see, but I, I hope we have one heck of a finish come uh, Vegas in two weeks. Yeah, it's always, it should definitely be interesting, but I'm pretty curious to see how, how Vegas plays out with, um, you know, cause you got more star guys in there and yep. then everyone's in there together. So, it's always like that East West coast shootout, like in the middle of the season, everyone looks forward to that. But when there's two titles on the line in Vegas, it, it definitely kind of, it, it, it makes it a lot more interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I I'm super excited. I get to go to that round. Um, so I, I think it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be exciting. Like a couple years ago with the, uh, Zach Osborne, Joseph Achi situation. I think it's going to be something like that. Just, we don't know what to expect, but better everybody be better be on the edge of their seats paying attention. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'll be I'll be out in Vegas there and cheering on the Geico team and nice. signing some autographs. So hopefully, hopefully people come on over. Yeah, definitely. I'll definitely come by and see you. I'd, I'd love to say hi and do a one on one face to face. What What's your plan throughout the summer? Are you going to do it? Go to any of the nationals and kind of hang out? I'm sure you'll be at Millville, obviously. But what about any of the others? Yeah, it just depends, really. Like, um, once I get the green light to to really start training and doing everything, um, I'll definitely go to some races. You know, I'll probably go to some of the – I mean, all the outdoor nationals are big, but I'll definitely go to whichever ones the team want me to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to sit down and talk with them about that. But once I get the green light to basically start training, I mean, I've like, I've lost pretty much everything, like I said. So it'll come back quick because I once had it and it's kind of all muscle memory and it just takes time. But, um, I got to really keep my nose to the grindstone so I can be, be on point, um, for next year. (laughs) I can totally understand that. Well, Jeremy, I don't want to take too much of your time up tonight. I appreciate you taking some time for us. Um, look forward to having you back at the track and look forward to seeing you in Vegas, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. And have a good night. All right. You too, buddy. Thanks. All right, man, what a devastating injury. Um, I was there that day at Muddy Creek when that happened, and it was just – it was a low, man. It was really – it was hard to stomach when you know somebody's hurt that bad. Um, it sucks, dude, but his his attitude's good. Love to hear it. Can't wait to see him come back. Um, okay, so I guess we're going to wrap this show up. I had mentioned a giveaway. So I have a – I have a, I have an Acherby's giveaway to – give out. I'm not going to say exactly what it is on the air, but what I want you to guys to do is contact me, uh, motoxpodshow 
com. Go to the contact form and tell me what your favorite episode uh, or tell us who your favorite guest is we've ever had on the show and why. Um, that's what I want. So yeah, do that contact form at motoxpodshow.com. I will pick a winner or myself and TJ who will be back in studio next week. We'll pick a winner and announce it next Tuesday on the show. Um, but as far as anything else, that's it guys. Continue to support all our, all our sponsors, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, All Sport Dynamics, Mad Jack Synthetics, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Works Wheels and Mods, Extreme Colors, Kyle Tucker with Keller Williams Key Partners. Thank you guys. We'll be back next week, and hopefully we'll have uh, TJ and a few others in the studio. We're out. We'll be right back.